We've been talking about the balm uh, of, of, of God over the past um, five weeks now. Uh, just the fact that our God is a God who brings healing and restoration. And I really feel that for us uh, here at SPS, we're in a season uh, of receiving God's soothing and his care and his love. Uh, and I'm excited about that. Because I love a little bit of soothing and a little bit of care <laughs> from time to time. You know, I know I present this kind of rough, sort of masculine exterior here. But, um, but you know, I, I love God's care and God's comfort. Because I know that Jesus loves me. He really does. I know that Jesus loves each one of us. He really, really does. Uh, and it's wonderful that we get a time to reflect on this here as his family uh, together. Uh, and we're going to think a little bit more uh, on this this morning. But I really want to just begin to tie this into uh, a little bit of our sense of vision and our sense of identity. Uh, but before we do that, Ollie is going to come and he is going to bring us our reading for today, which is in Matthew chapter 5. And I can't remember which verse it starts on, but Ollie will tell us. So it's Matthew chapter 5. The first is 13 to 16 on chapter 5, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Brilliant. Thanks, Ollie. Uh, Do keep your finger in that passage. it's fantastic, isn't it, that we get to read the words of Jesus. This This is some of the stuff that Jesus said himself. When he was here uh, on earth walking uh, among us uh, just a couple thousand years ago, you know, how exciting that we get to read his words uh, together and look at them. Uh, As I said, I want us to think a little bit about vision and identity uh, together today because, you know, it's really important that you know who you are. It's really important. I, uh, I, I had a little bit of an identity crisis um, just before Christmas, around about November actually. Um, if, you're, if you're new here uh, today, um, I, I've, been here for about, I've been here for about six months. We, uh, my wife and I and my little girl Adelaide, we, uh, we arrived here last summer uh, in July. And, um, and I've, I've moved a few times uh, over the last uh, few years as I, I, as I trained uh, to be a vicar. And, uh, and one of the things that you have to do when you move is you have to... You have to change all of your ID stuff, don't you? You have to change your address on so many different documents. And there's a whole lot of, work, there's a whole lot of administration that goes into moving house. And, uh, and, and I have to admit, I'm not, I'm not that quick when it comes to uh, this really important kind of life admin. And, uh, and one of the things that happened was that, um, that our car finally died. Uh, it was a very slow death, but it finally died in November last year. And so I thought, right, okay, uh, we're going to need to... We, we, we need to try and sell, if we can, or pay someone to take away uh, this car that we have, and we need to go and buy a new car. And, uh, and if you've bought a new car uh, recently, or if you've tried to sell, sell an old car, you'll know that actually these kind of things take 
they take an awful lot of administration too. And one of the things that you need to do when you're doing big purchases or, or sales, you need to kind of be able to prove who you are. And so all of a sudden I was trying to get rid of this car and realised, oh no, it's still registered to my old address. And actually all, all, all my other stuff still, I haven't changed my address on anything. And all of a sudden my identity was in question uh, and I couldn't actually make this transaction that I needed to make because I didn't have this proof of who I was and where I was. And it was an absolute nightmare. And, so, and in, in the end, I, I ended up having to go uh, to, to my bank and get a special letter from my bank with my new address on it uh, just to prove who I was in order to be able to first get rid of this heap that was uh, sitting out here for quite some time, not able to move, and then finally be able to look about getting another car. You know, it's really important that we know who we are. And we can get into all sorts of problems if we don't know who we are. And actually the amazing thing for us here at SPS is we know who we are. We do know who we are. And as, as we've been saying throughout this morning, actually one of the reasons that we get together regularly as Jesus' followers is to remind one another who we are. To remind one another of where we're going and what Jesus has called us to be and do together. And, uh, and, and what I love here at this church is that we have a very clear understanding of who we are and what God has called us to. You know, the vision that we have here at St. Paul Shadwell is very clear. You know it. The vision is to make disciples, to transform communities, and to plant churches. That is our vision. Yeah, and that really is part of the makeup of, of who we are specifically as a church. Part of our identity is caught up with that vision to make disciples, to transform communities, and to plant churches. And it's important that we all know that because we all share in that common vision. And it's part of our common identity together as God's family here in this place. And, and over the past six months, we've been thinking a little bit about how we articulate that vision uh, now at this time, in this season uh, of our church together. And, and, uh, and we, we looked a little bit about uh, this, this, this idea of the core, didn't we? And we talked about having strong cores. You know, everyone put your hand on your stomach and say, I've got a strong core. Go on, say it. It's good. I, I like saying that. It's, you know, it's good to remind. I've got a strong core. You know, it's all about having strength in it. And actually the core of who we are, the core of who we are, the core of our discipleship, if you like, the way in which we follow Jesus together, is the fact that we celebrate, organize, we relate to one another, and we evangelize. C-O-R-E. You know, we're called to boldly celebrate together. Yeah, thankfulness, being, being able to praise Jesus week after week after week. It's core to what we do. Not just on a Sunday, but when we get together in our connect groups, when we meet one another uh, to pray together to, or just to have a chat. We want to live as people who celebrate. You know, I think that's core to who we are. It's core to the way in which we are disciples, the way in which we follow Jesus. You know, we, we, we make bold decisions around how we organise ourselves. You know, it's core to who we are. We organise ourselves in a way that we prioritise Jesus, in a way that we can serve him. We organise our finances in a way that we can give 
to him. And we make bold choices about that. That's part of who we are. That's part of the core of who we are. It's part of our discipleship, of how we follow Jesus. You know, we think boldly about how we relate to one another and love one another and encourage one another and serve one another. How we prefer one another, spur one another on. You know, it's part of our discipleship. It's core to who we are. It's how we follow Jesus. And, and we make bold choices about how we tell others about Jesus, about how we evangelize. You know, it's central. It's core to who we are. And as a church, you know, we have a strong core. It's how we are disciples. And it's how we want to encourage others to be disciples. We celebrate. We organize ourselves well. We relate together in the presence of God, and we tell others about Jesus. That's our core. We're called to make disciples, to be disciples, and to make disciples. And we're called to transform communities. And one of the things that we've, we just briefly began to look at uh, in the autumn, and I'm really looking forward to looking at this a little bit more together as we go through this year, but I believe that we're called to be people who build bridges. I think that's a key word for us here, that's some Paul Shabbat. We're called to be people that build bridges. Uh, and I, and I, I just have a daily reminder of the need for us to build bridges every time I look out of the door and I see this huge road. And, and there's an amazing thing that this road visually and, and geographically and practically cuts right through the centre of our parish. You know, of our area, kind of of our, of our turf as a church here. You know, we have this huge, great big boundary, this huge barrier. And it's a constant reminder to me that actually we need to be a church that builds bridges. We need to bridge between the south and the north part of, of, our, of our little area here. You know, we need to build bridges, not just physically, I'd love to build a bridge physically over that thing, but we need to build bridges, you know, kind of metaphorically as well, into different parts of our communities. You know, we want to see, uh, see people from different races and cultural backgrounds coming together. We want to see people from all across the kind of age demographics, from young all the way through to old, coming together. You know, one of the most amazing things about the church is the church is a place where you find diversity you know, that's what it should be you know every time you read in the bible about pictures of heaven you know what you read about is the nations coming together you read these incredible pictures of diversity coming together to praise God together and I think what we should have in church is something that reflects that diversity that we will find in heaven and we are called to be the bridge builders who invite people from every walk of life to come and see the Jesus that we see. And as we do that, as we reach out and build bridges into our communities, they will be transformed. And I know so many of you are involved in so many things already that are very practically doing that. You know, whether, whether you're meeting up with people to, to help them when they're in debt with money. You know, I know that's one of the amazing things that's been going on for a long time in this church. It's one of the things that often doesn't get spoken about. You know, but it's an incredible ministry that happens here, that reaches out to people who are in need and brings transformation. You know, I know so many of you have been involved in helping run the, the growth night shelter that, that's been going on just kind of right under our feet, you know, in the church crypt here over these really cold winter months. You know, what an incredible demonstration of God's love and God's care for some of the most vulnerable people in our community. 
You know, we're building bridges into that community and we're seeing transformation. You know, and you guys are amazing, the way that you serve and get plugged into doing that because, because that's how you're following Jesus and you're transforming communities. And of course, we, we plant churches uh, and that is what we do here. You know, and two weeks ago we celebrated Church Planting Sunday and we heard from some of those leaders that have gone out from this place and it was so exciting, wasn't it? Yeah? It was so exciting to hear just little snapshots of what God's doing because of what he's done here and the way in which we're able to raise up and send out leaders to help grow the church in different places to here. You know, what an amazing part of who we are. What an amazing part of our identity to be a people who are church planters. I love that. I get so excited when I think about that. And I'm so excited that there are new initiatives bubbling up already that we can be involved in, that we can support. You know, ways that we can see God's church continue to grow. You know, that is part of our identity here. The fact that we, we make disciples, we transform communities, and we plant churches. And we need to go on reminding one another of who we are and of what we're called to be. Uh, and the other two big things that, for me, I think have come up over the last six months have been these, these two B words that we've been looking at. And I love the fact that God speaks to us. You know, and I really feel that God has been speaking loud and clear to, to all of us over these past months as we've been listening to him. You know, I don't know if you remember back in the summer, uh, we looked at a series called I'm Listening. And we thought about how God speaks to us. Uh, and it's just been remarkable to see the way that God has been speaking to different ones of us, you know, throughout these past months, you know, through our times of worship. And it's wonderful to hear God uh, through John as he brought us that word earlier as we worshipped, you know, and the way that we're able to press into God as he speaks to us. And so many of us have been hearing what God has been saying. And a key word for us has been this, this thing of bold the fact that God's calling us to be a church that is confident, that part of our character is to have the confidence to step boldly into all that he has called us to be and to have this balm at the core of who we are. Uh, and, and I just think it's amazing that we kind of have these sort of, they're almost like poles, aren't they? You know, they're, almost, they're kind of almost like opposites in one sense, that we have this strong, confident sense of being bold and stepping out into all that God has called us to be. Yet on the flip side, we're reminded that God calls us to be those who bring comfort and healing and restoration, that gentle, comforting touch of God. We're reminded that actually it's with the comfort that we have received that we then comfort others. You know, and I think that, that there's something very specific there that God has spoken to us as a church about the character of who we are and the character of the way in which we are to outwork the vision, the very clear vision that God has given us. And I, and I think it is so exciting, you know, that we are called to be a place of confidence and comfort as we make disciples, as we transform communities. And as we plant churches, I think it's so exciting. And we need to go on reminding one another that this is who we 
are. You know, today I just want to spend a moment just focusing on these words of Jesus uh, that he speaks uh, here in Matthew chapter 5. Because I'm just so struck by them as Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let's just pray for a moment as we just reflect on on these words of Jesus and think about how they inform our identity and our vision. Jesus, we're so grateful that we get to to look at your words. What a privilege it is, Jesus, to be able to study you, to be able to look at you, to be able to hear the words that you spoke. And Jesus, as we just take these moments now just to reflect on these, Lord, would would you challenge us? Would you change us? Jesus, we want to be more like you. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know, uh, Jesus is just the ultimate communicator. You know, he is just the most amazing. When we read the words of Jesus and the way in which he spoke, it's incredible. Like, forget TED Talks and all that kind of stuff that we, we see on it. You know, we see so many amazing kind of presentations these days, don't we? If we, uh, if we look into our social media feeds or anything like that. But actually, Jesus... Jesus is, is really the one who sets the bar. He was such an incredible communicator. And right here, uh, in these words, uh, the, he conjures up these incredible pictures for us to, to hang on to. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. These kind of evocative pictures uh, that we can relate uh, and ask uh, and kind of wrestle with and say, well, Jesus, what are you saying to us? And of course, salt is, is incredible. You know, and there's so many amazing analogies that we could draw from salt. And what does that mean when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth? But, you know, obviously one of the key things about salt, and certainly in ancient times, is it was used as something with, with healing and kind of preservation properties. You know, it, it, it was something that was used as antiseptic. You know, all the way back in those early times, you know, salt was recognised as something that healed and that soothed. And actually, not much has changed today. Uh, and I've, I've been in the hospital quite a bit over the last uh, few years. Uh, we've, we've had quite a journey with our little girl and we've been in and out of hospital. And one of the things that I've seen an awful lot of is saline solution uh, over the last few years. And, and I don't know if we've got many sort of medical people in the house. You have to forgive me if I make this incredibly uh, simplistic. But saline solution, uh, which is the, the stuff that you, you know, that clear stuff that you see in the bags hanging by people's beds, it's effectively salty water. It's It's salt. And actually, it's, it's used so much in modern medicine. It's used to, to clean wounds. To, it's used to restore dry eyes. It's used to treat dehydration. It's used, uh, it's, it's used to, to, to help uh, kind of infuse other incredible kind of uh, medicines and, uh, and, uh, and stuff that we need to get into our body. You know, you can kind of prick it with an infusion set, and it's used as the vehicle to deliver all those incredible medicines into our, into our body. You know, that's what... That's what salt does. In fact, the World Health Organization today lists saline solution as one of the top, the top medical resources that we use today. You know, one of the most important things that we use in our health system, this salt, this salty water. 
You know, not much has changed today. Uh, and there's some incredible things that we learn when we look at that. As Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. That we know that actually we're here to experience healing. And we're here to experience his love and his care and his soothing. That actually, with Jesus, we find our wounds cleaned. We find our eyes restored. I don't know if anyone uses contact lenses here. You'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the fact that actually it's a saline, it's a salty saline solution that we use to rinse and replenish dry eyes so that we might see well. We have these amazing properties from this solution to restore that that's been dehydrated, to bring back life and vigour. You know, this is the picture that we see conjured up here as Jesus talks about salt. But he doesn't just talk about salt. He talks about light. Uh, and he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do you put a light and hide it under a bowl. You know, whenever I, whenever I read this passage, I always think about Lincoln. I don't know if anyone, is anyone from Lincoln? People, oh, we've got a few Lincoln people here. Um, when, I was, when I was training to, to be a vicar, one of the things I did, I did a placement at Lincoln Cathedral. And uh, Lincoln Cathedral is the most remarkable place. It is striking and stunning. And when you get out of the train station, when you, you go to Lincoln, uh, you kind of look at the first thing you see is this enormous cathedral sat on top of a hill. And it just kind of dominates the landscape for miles and miles around. It is big and bright and bold. You cannot miss it. And I, and I, and I kind of think about this when I think about this picture and actually I, I guess I realised when cathedrals were originally built um, uh, they, I think they were, they were kind of there to sort of put the fear of God into people <laughs> you know that you, you would look at this thing and you think oh yeah I better, I better be good and I better you know do, stay in my, in my hamlet you know around the base of the hill and, uh, and, uh, and, and do all the things that I'm told to do uh, it kind of put the fear of God into people and it was there and it was big and bold and it could not be missed and I think of that when I think about this city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That actually, in a way, that we are called to be light in a way that cannot be hidden. Except that we don't, we don't issue the fear of God to try and get people to do stuff. But we administer the balm and the healing of God, the comfort that he has given to us. But we do that in a way that is bold and confident and cannot be missed you know in one sense I feel that Jesus is saying do not be ashamed you know don't hide this stuff do it boldly you know we get these two amazing pictures here that Jesus gives us and the most amazing part of it is is that he says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What an amazing, what an amazing thing to be told. You are salt and you are light. This is about us. You know, I love this picture of the saline solution as this, uh, as this solution that delivers medicine into the into the body. You know, and I, I, love, I love to think actually of the church, of us as being those people that carry medicine, that carry the healing, that carry 
all that the Holy Spirit gives and infuses it into the lives of those who are around us. You are the salt. It's you. And you are light. You are called to be bold and unashamed. That's who we are. And as we think about our vision, as we think about our identity as a church here in this place, I want us to continually remember the bold and the balm. The fact that this is our character. The salt and the light. The comfort and the confidence with which we are called to live. You know, what an amazing thing that Jesus equips us in this way. This is who we are and this is why we celebrate in the way that we celebrate. Boldly coming together to declare boldly who Jesus is and remind one another of the comfort that he has for us. You know, it's why we boldly organise ourselves. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking a little bit about our mission specifically, about how we, how we reach out and tell people about Jesus and about how we, we are generous and, and about how we give. We're going to think about how we organise ourselves with our time and with our finances and make bold choices about that. And it's the way that we relate to one another. The way that we introduce people to Jesus. You know, I said it earlier and we prayed about it and I just think I'm so excited about the way in which we're able to come together with other churches at the moment and do Alpha. You know, it's, I'm, just, I'm so encouraged that we get to do this. You know, what an amazing thing. Because the other thing that I always want us to hold on to when we think about our vision to make disciples, transform communities, to plant churches, the character in which we do that, you know, with the bold and the balm. You know, I always want us to hold on to this fact that actually we are just part of the picture. And actually we are part of God's church. And it's a privilege that we get to work with other churches in this area. And I've said this before, and I, I, and I believe that it's key for us to realise that this church, I believe, has a real mandate upon it to call together other churches across East London so that we might work together for the sake of Jesus. It's who we are. It's what we're called to be. And I think God wants to remind us of that this morning. So where do we find the bold And where do we find the balm? We find it right here. Because it's in each and every one of us. You are salt. You are light. We are called to be St. Paul Shadwell. We're called to make disciples, transform communities and plant churches. Shall we stand? I'm going to pray that God would seal that in our hearts. You know, that he would seal that as a part of, of, that we would know who we are because of all that Jesus has done and has called us into. And I pray that he would excite us in that as we step forward into this season together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, that you are a God who is not silent, but you are a God who is speaking to us. Lord, we are so grateful for your word. 
Jesus, we're grateful for your forgiveness and for your invitation to be a part of your team. Lord, we receive your forgiveness and your love. And in the light of that, Jesus, we stand before you, assured of our part in your family. Assured of your call on us, on each one of us, and on us as a church here in this place. Jesus, I pray that you would fill us with your boldness, that we might step forward in confidence, and that you would pour out your balm in greater and greater measure that we might know your comfort and with the comfort that we know from you, we might comfort others. That, Lord, the bold and the balm might be the character of this church, this part of your family. We receive from you now, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.